All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, November 1st of 2022. Man, year is coming to an end quick. Going to be Christmas before we know it. Going to be 2023 really soon. But until then, still got a lot of DFS to play. If you are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all questions from users in our Discord server. If you're not a member of our Discord server, there is a link in the description below to join. You get your questions into the Office Hours channel ahead of time. If you're just tuning in and you have some questions, just go ahead and throw them in the YouTube chat and I will get to them after we get through all of the questions in discord uh gonna be a little bit of a special start here got a new feature that we just released yesterday saw some questions about it so wanted to talk about this specific feature first so that being said let's get the saber sim app pulled up here and i'm going to click over to this build that i ran right before we got started and Going to jump around a little bit. I know I have to touch on a question from yesterday that came in from Neil, but we're going to get started here with going over the new lineup percentiles. So going to get this in the YouTube chat. And the question that came in in Discord is, please go over the new percentiles update and how you would use that info for DFS. I think this is a great question. Great way to get our day started here. So that being said, you know, new feature, where is it? What is it? What can I do with it? So all, all good questions. So if you guys remember, we used to have this little drop down right over here in the post build screen next to the search bar that said uh, percentiles. And what you could do is you could change the average projection for players to one of their percentile outcomes that you typically see in the home screen. And, you know, if I were to go back to the home screen really quickly, what I'm talking about are these 25th, 50th, 75th, 85th, 95th, and 99th percentile outcomes. Just a quick review there. So those are the projections uh, or like are the point projection outcomes that a player meets in their range of outcomes in the Sims. So, you know, Wendell Carter Jr., his 99th percentile outcome is 55.6. What that is saying is that in 1% of Sims in our database, he reaches or exceeds this outcome. And that's the best way to think about the percentiles at any level. And, you know, how do we, the way we used to do this is that, you know, how do we, how do we take advantage of this? Right. So we used to have this feature where you could change the average projections to the, one of the percentile projections. Problem with this is that basically what it is assuming is that every single player in the player pool reaches or exceeds their 95th percentile outcome. And that's, that's just not going to happen. Players are, some players are going to do good. Some players are going to do bad. Some players are going to be right at about what their mean is. There's, it was, it was just a really, really blunt tool of trying to incorporate player upside into your lineups. So, you know, 
what, where could we go from there? Right. That's, that's the question. So what the team has been working on behind the scenes, I know we've teased it a little bit is these new lineup percentiles. So what this is, is it's really similar to the, the way, the way it looks is really similar to the player percentiles. But what this does is that it, once the lineups are built, it grades the lineups and has a score for different outcomes that this lineup scored in our entire pool of sims so for instance you know we have this lineup here the average projected score is 302.7 the 95th percentile and if if you i i don't know if you could do it but the 95th percentile outcome here is is 35 351 points so it's saying that you know five percent of the time in our sim database, this lineup scored reached or exceeded 351 points. And I think that's the best way to think about it because before like, and, and just like to be clear, if I were to go and get the 95th percentile projections from the home screen, add them up, the, this number here, this lineup percentile of 95 would not equal the 95th of each player combined because what what happens in that scenario is that okay take a take an outcome that happens five percent of the time for jalen suggs and then take another outcome that happens five percent of the time for chris paul because we're taking the individual players 95th percentile outcomes so you're basically like parlaying each player to get there this lineup percentile is saying the lineup as a whole reaches or exceeds this number 5% of the time. So it's it's much more accurate and much more likely outcome as opposed to parlaying all of these individual 95th percentile outcomes. We are looking at the lineup as a whole and saying that, you know, across our SIM database, this lineup reaches or exceeds this point projection value 5% of the time. So I think that's the best way to try and wrap your brain around it. And obviously this would change, you know, if you're using 99th or 85th, the, the core concept is the same. The number of times that lineup reaches that metric is what ultimately would change. So, you know, the question is, you know, what can you do with it? How do you incorporate it into your process uh, if, you're, if you're not sure what to do with it? So, so what I do want to say is that Sabre score is taking this into account already. So if you if we go over to Saber Score, you know, Saber Score is quantifying the impact of upside in your lineups. Upside is basically outcomes above the mean for players and lineups. So Saber Score is already incorporating lineup percentiles into it, it but it's also incorporating correlation and ownership. So if you want to use the percentiles, basically what you're saying is you are saying like, hey, you know, show me raw upside without correlation and without ownership grading. If, you know, you say like, hey, you know, I'm going to take ownership and correlation into account with the sliders. I don't want to grade for it with Sabre score. I would rather at this point just look at upside. I think that's totally okay to do. And I think it's like a very personal choice whether or not you want to grade your lineups in that way. I would say that, you know, as 
for, for especially like for sports where duplication is important, I would continue to use Saber score. I think it is a little better just because like lineups that are uh, showing up as the optimal multiple times in the Sims get a Saber score boost and are going to be higher in your pool. But, you know, if you're just saying like, hey, you know, show me without correlation and ownership taken into account in the lineup grading, I think the percentiles are a great use. So, you know, still still a really new feature. Uh, I'm still kind of, you know, wrapping my head around it and figuring out how I want to incorporate it into my own process. But I think it's a really neat feature overall. I know that when Max Steinberg took down the million dollar victory and came on and talked about his process, he said that he was using the percentiles for that specific NFL showdown slate. So, you know, definitely is a... Uh, worthy tool. It's a it's a objectively better than the previous uh, you know percentiles for the player projections that we used to have. So that feature is now gone, replaced by this much better metric. So if you were using that before, I would highly encourage you to, you know, if, if that's like a like a big part of your process, you know, start using the lineup percentiles. It 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 is a much better tool overall. And what it's it's ultimately you know why we decided to replace the um, the custom projection override. So give that a shot. Let me know if you guys have any questions about it. If you guys encounter bugs or different things that come up while you begin to use it, just reach out to support at sabersim.com, and our support team will be able to take care of you. Oh my gosh, I have something in my eye. Drive me crazy. Or you know if you're if you're running into issues. You can always use the report of problem link up in the top right, but you know, went through rigorous testing. Shouldn't be anything crazy that you guys are seeing. If if you do, you know, just reach out to support in Discord or via the app right away. So those are my thoughts on lineup percentiles. Hope I explained it well for you guys. And if anyone has any more questions, just get it in the chat and we can continue to talk about it as you know people start using it get familiar with it have more questions totally happy to continue talking about it so going to touch on the question that came in yesterday from neil neil was asking about running cash builds for nfl showdown i told neil that i would get back to him because i knew that was something that jordan did regularly in his process. So I wanted to talk to Jordan about it and get back to everybody on stream. I actually responded to Neil yesterday just because I wanted to give him an answer before the showdown, but I'm going to go ahead and read what I wrote to Neil. So I said, you know, Neil, I spoke to Jordan and wanted to get you an answer before lock. Jordan typically uses the cash builds to do two things. Try to see who is going to be the most popular captain and what stack constructions are most common. You know, are we seeing even stacks like three threes? Are we seeing four twos where the favorite is always the four or five ones where the favorite's always the five? And then he said he didn't think what you were attempting to do with the sal- with cash bills and salary was negative EV in any way. I think if you like that approach, then it's totally okay to keep to keep that step in your process. So, you know, what Neil was doing is he was running a cash build a cash optimal for NFL showdown, seeing what the optimal salary was, and then basically eliminating 
uh, salary above that threshold. So the optimal salary came in at 49,000. Then he was trashing everything between 49.1 and and uh, 50,000 for for DraftKings, or I believe FanDuel goes up to 60,000 if if I'm not mistaken. So you know, it's a it's an interesting concept. Something I haven't heard a lot of people. Uh, talk about before Jordan was really interested by it said that you know if it's something that you're finding success with and something that you think adds value continue to try it out be um, you know always be open to making adjustments to your process but you know I think I think it is pretty interesting concept to you know run a cash build and we'll just talk about like like the Thursday night game coming up so it doesn't look oh yeah we have um, ownership up in the app but not not a big FanDuel guy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hover over here to DraftKings, uh, a little familiar territory. So you know we're gonna switch this to cash, and then we're gonna run 40 lineups and see what's coming up. What what I think is really interesting is the stack construction component of it. So you know just last night we saw a game where. Correct me if I I'm wrong, but I believe that the winning construction last night was a five-one Brown stack, which you know, given given the total, given I mean I'm sorry, not given the total, given the team totals and given the spread, you know, the Bengals were like a minus three and a half favorite, and I bet you if we you know open up some of these stack constructions, so if we want to see you know who's being favored, so. We can see that three three stacks were mostly seeing Houston, which is really interesting. In let's look at our whole pool of forty here. So in our in our whole pool, we're seeing more Houston than Philly, and then we're also seeing five one, like leaning Philly. So that's that's like really interesting to me um i don't know why it would be like that but you know these are things that 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 cash builds could tell you i mean you know we're seeing a 10 point spread for the thursday night game i mean i know that this is like a first look and it's really early but i mean maybe there is some pricing discrepancy that we're not seeing and you know i think one thing we could see is like the highest salary captain for with with the highest point projection is Damian Pierce at 12.9 and then you come over here and Jalen Hurts is 17.7, Miles Sanders is 15.6, AJ Brown is 16,008. So, you know, maybe there's like a salary component and you could you could look at the spread and say, "Oh, you know, probably going to be a lot of Philly Philly heavy stacks." But then you run like a cash build trying to mimic a traditional optimizer. And what you learn is that you can fit a lot more projected points using four Houston players. So that's, that's you know, intuitively what you would think it's opposite, but that's what doing some of these things can help you do. It sounds like that's what Jordan likes to do. So, you know, going to see like a lot of, of uh, Jalen Hurts captains with four Houston players, like that's 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 a construction I don't intu- intuitively think of. So I think there's definitely um, 
something to be gained from running a cash build as part of your process. And, you know, if you want to pick different nuggets from it, I think it's totally okay. So want to get back to Neil there and going to continue with other questions that we had. I see a couple questions in the YouTube chat. We are going to get to everything. Promise you guys that. Um, only a couple more questions in Discord, but I'm going to hit this question question from Rich Riley. And he said, I know when you adjust a player's individual projection, how it affects the Sims. However, when you change the game score, how does that factor into the Sim output? Last night, I adjusted the score 31 to 14 Browns, but was still getting a ton of 5-1 and 4-2 Bengals stacks, and it didn't make a ton of sense. Okay, I think that this is a really, really good question. So, you know, Rich, you you, you hit the score kind of on the nail there. I mean, it was really close. I think it was like 32-16. So, you know, let's let's go back to week eight, and then we'll pull up the showdown from yesterday. So got the showdown from yesterday. So, okay, so adjusting team totals. What's happening? So what is basically happening is that, you know, think of all of our game score outcomes on a spectrum across the sim bucket. So in our, in our entire sim database. So the average scores in the sims are what are shown here. If you adjust these, we are going to trim off games from one direction or the other to try and shift the mean score closer to the values you've set. So if in your example, you say 31 Cleveland, 14 Cincinnati. So I'm going to hit apply changes. So what this is going to do is that it's going to start shaving off Sims where Cincinnati scores really, really high to bring Cincinnati's team total lower. And then it's going to shave off game Sims where Cleveland scores really, really low to try and boost Cleveland's team total to 31. So that's essentially what's happening. And that is what is being reflected here. So like I prefer to look at flex rather than captain, but you know, what we can see is this adjusted Saber Sim projection versus the original. So we'll show you the original and then we'll show you the adjusted with your changes applied. So, you know, Joe Burrow comes down five points. Uh, Mixon and Higgins, you know, top players for Cincinnati also come down. You're going to get a boost. Guys like Nick Chubb and Jacoby Brissett, as we can see here. So, you know, like right off the bat, this looks pretty consistent. You know, Brown's defense scores a lot more points. So this is kind of what I would expect to see right off of the bat. Bengals defense scores less points. So then let's run some lineups and see what this looks like. So I'm just going to, you know, run 500 lineups and then we will interpret this. But so far it looks like it's doing what it should be doing or what we would expect. So uh, lineups are finishing running now and we are going to go into, I want to look at the full pool just for the sake of this example. And, you know, right off the bat getting a lot of Nick Chubb captain which we would expect, you know, if they have a big lead, they're probably running the ball a lot, especially later in the game. Got some Jacoby Brissett uh, leverage as well. Let's look at our stack types. So seeing a lot more four twos, we're going to see who they are favoring. So let's go over to our four stacks, seeing 28% Cleveland to 12% Cincinnati, 
and 15% Cleveland five stacks to 3% Cincinnati. So, you know, uh, Rich, not really sure exactly what you were seeing. Um, you know, happy to walk through it though. This is exactly kind of what I would expect to happen. I would say that, you know, if you make a change and the results are not what you were intending them to be or expected them to be for that matter, what I would do is I would hit this red reset icon and I would try applying them again. And, you know, it's possible something went wrong or a mistake was made. I'm not saying you did or didn't. Uh, sometimes it could be like the builder, not really sure. But, you know, this red reset icon is always a good place to go when things are kind of acting funny, not working right. Um, so I would try that and then redo your adjustments and then see what the outputs are then. You can always reach out to support. We try hard to be around, especially uh, as lock leads up. So if there's anything that you're having trouble with, throw a question in the support channel in Discord or reach out to the support team with the reported problem link. That'll help us get back to you right away. But not seeing anything crazy here. This is how you do it. Was happy to walk through it and kind of show uh, the, the different points along the process. Going to keep moving here. Got a question from Stephen Wilk. This is the last question in Discord, but I see plenty of questions in the YouTube chat. So still got some time. Okay, Stephen said, can you give me some tips to start MBA DFS process? So, uh, yep, totally can do that. So, so Stephen, what I will say is that if you go over to our YouTube channel, we've done some awesome content to kick off the NBA season and where I would go is I would go two places. One place I would go is this how to beat NBA DFS in 2022. So Max Steinberg, uh, high stakes pro and partner at Sabersim did an interview with Jordan and Max came on and like did like a deep dive into his process uh, it was a it was a very well received show, and I can tell you that you know if you go into our office hours playlist, we've done tons of NBA content, especially recently. So let me just you know make sure that we're seeing the latest and greatest. So I I would go through our videos from like the the last month I would say or not even a month I'd say maybe like two three weeks. So. All things NBA ahead of tip-off of the 2022-23 season. How to beat daily fantasy basketball like an NBA DFS pro. Walking through an NBA process. I walked through basically my entire NBA process in this video. All of these videos have timestamps. You can jump around and only listen to the pieces that matter to you. But I, I would start with these three videos. I think there are three really good videos about how to approach NBA DFS. And if you haven't done so, I would I would definitely recommend checking those out as well as checking out our DFS profit plan. I think our DFS profit plan is an awesome video and you could really apply it to all sports. It's a um, contest portfolio framework that, we did research on and came up with suggestions about how to apply your bankroll on a night-to-night -night basis. So I think if you start with those tools, I 
do not think you can go wrong. So check those things out. Come back and let me know if you have more questions. All right. We are going to keep rolling here. Got a question from Darren D. And let me get Saberson pulled back up here before we continue. So Darren said, trying to decide between advanced and starter subscription. What's the advantage of having 500 plus lineups compared to 20 when you can have the same size pool of 1500? Okay, good question. So, you know, starter versus advanced, right? So on the starter plan, when you build, you can only build 20 lineups and you cannot see the entire pool of 500. So when you come to the advanced plan, now you can build 1500 lineups and you can view and interact with the entire pool. I think if you are primarily a single entry hand builder, three max type of player, I think the starter can make sense. If you want to start playing more MME stuff, play some 20 maxes, play some 150 maxes, then I would definitely recommend joining the advanced plan. I think that the advanced plan is for players who, you know, kind of understand DFS, have been playing, and are like really looking to start entering more and more unique lineups into their contests. I think if you're only playing a handful of lineups a night and you want to stay at that range, I think starter can make sense in that scenario. So just kind of have to like ask yourself, you know, what your goals are and um, what kind of contests you enjoy playing for DFS. So I think that's like the first question. And if you want to uh, start getting into some of that larger field stuff, managing a portfolio, Saberson makes it really easy to build and manage more and more lineups. The It's almost like the there's not like this like incremental um, manage more lineups, more headache. It's like manage more lineups and the headache is the same. Uh, the, our entry editor is, is really, really good. And the way we fill entries and interact with the sites is also really good. So I think that it becomes much easier to manage more lineups with our entry editor. So those are my thoughts. Um, you know, if you have any more questions, just let me know. Okay. Got a question here from shareable cortex said, forgive my ignorance, but I just found y'all and I'll be honest, I'm newer to DFS or at least getting involved, but Sabre is a tad confusing. So, you know, to, to get back to this, what I would say is that I would, I would highly recommend that, you know, go on our YouTube and then we have this new here, start here first. It's, these are short videos, you know, not these hour long streams, very like focused and kind of explaining how our tool works and the best uses for all of the new features that we've been um, coming out with. So like you see like SaberSim's biggest update ever, how to enter your lineups really quickly, how to apply stacks, how to use late swap. And it's just like a playlist of short, quick hitter videos, sports specific content, about things that you can do right off the bat to try and use SaberSim to its fullest potential really quickly with less time and less headache on your end and using the tools to save yourself time and still enter positive EV lineups. So really recommend 
doing the, I'm sorry, I didn't put it on the new here, start here first. This is like the best resource for that. So check it out. Let me get, let me know if you guys have any more questions and then got a follow up here from Darren. The Saber Sim change Sims after actual scores have been inputted. For example, if I went back to this past weekend, NFL DFS, will it be biased to who performed well? Okay, good question. So the answer is no. So we do pull in actual scores, but we do not use those scores to recalculate the Sims at all. The only thing I will say is that there is a time period where in between slates, so the morning game start or the the 1 p.m. Eastern game start, and then before the 4 p.m. Eastern game start, they release inactives, the teams that play, and then sims run. So there will be some sim changes to the later games specifically after lock, which can affect your lineups like rebuilding fresh the next day. But those are the only changes that happen. I would say this question comes in a lot for basketball because the pre-slate context in basketball can be so different from all of the late swap and scratches and news that breaks during basketball. A lot of times people will come and say, hey, you know, I ran builds for basketball from yesterday this morning and got a lot of higher scoring lineups. Why is that? And that's because SaberSim now has all of the news that broke and can build the best lineups as if it knew that before. So, you know, not as big of an issue for NFL, but, you know, to answer your question, no, we don't change any of the Sims that have run based on the actuals. So that's, that's the real answer to your question there. Okay. Going back up here, got a question from Patrick says, I late swap every time before a slate locks an NBA, regardless if there's breaking news or not. Is it bad that I late swap too much? especially if projections and ownership don't change very much. So Patrick, good question. I wouldn't say it's necessarily bad at all. I would say that, you know, what you're doing is you're basically saying like, Hey, I don't want to miss any and all news. And I want to squeeze out every edge I can get from stat updates. I think especially in a sport like basketball where projections are really good. I think that's, there's nothing wrong with that approach at all. I think it's a good approach. You're less likely to miss news when it breaks. So, you know, nothing wrong with that. The only thing I will say is that, you know, let's say tonight, for example, I haven't looked at any of the news for tonight, but let's say, you know, there's no news for any of these games and everyone who is expected to play is supposed to play no questionable players. So, the only thing I would say is that, you know, if you're building and you're using the min uniques feature in step three of the, of the post build process is that there's no way at the moment to save your min uniques with late swap. So, you know, if you're coming in here, making, getting your min uniques, you know, to like a, a very good point, let's say maybe like four, so, okay, you know, at four, you know, I'm at like 386. Let's say we're okay with that, right? So, boom, I have four min uniques. You know, that means that I'm reducing the inter lineup correlation between the lineups in my portfolio to try and smooth out my variance, right? So, I save that. I fill these lineups. So, if, if, if no news breaks, but you late swap, you are technically allowing less min uniques into your lineup 
That's because we used to have MinUniques as a builder input and we didn't like the way it worked. So we moved it to the post build as like a sorting method and we really like it in this method. But now in order to do it in late swap, we would have to, since we're only rebuilding each lineup once, we would have to put it back as a builder input, which we wanted to get away from. So it's a little bit of a uh, something that the team is aware of and working on behind the scenes. But, you know, what I will say is that, you know, you're technically not, you're technically not able to control your min uniques when you late swap. Since we're only building each, rebuilding each lineup once, you're more likely to maintain some min uniques, but you lose some of that control. So I would say, that you know if if there's no news then you know you're more likely to maintain your min uniques which is a benefit of not late swapping so you kind of have to like weigh those two features there i typically don't like to late swap unless i feel it's necessary for this specific reason that i just described so those are my thoughts on balancing late swap with news and min uniques i think like if you could find the right balance then you know try try and use that but you will always get more late more you will always get more out of late swapping and capitalizing on breaking news than than maintaining your min uniques so i don't want to discourage you from late swapping late swapping will always be better because of that late breaking news so those are my thoughts there let me know if you have any follow-up okay Got a question here from Ryan. Ryan said, pros and cons of playing just main slate versus playing multiple slates for NBA. Okay, good question. So what I will say is that, you know, if you're playing multiple slates for NBA, and I think that this is like a better example on like a larger slate, probably, uh, I bet you we have like a large slate tomorrow. Um, No, we're not able to see tomorrow. They haven't released it. So I think I think Friday was like a big slate. So we're going to go back to Friday the 28th, and we're going to look at this. I think it was like a, yeah, 11 gamer. So like on like a big slate like this, right? So you have all of these different slates. Some of them are correlated. So, you know, going back to our DFS profit plan, you don't want to play more than 2.5% to 5% of your bankroll on slates that share games or share players. So, you know, playing the main slate means that you're taking into account all of these other games as well. So you wouldn't want to play more than 5% of your bankroll total on these slates. If you were to avoid the main slate and maybe only play the three game turbo and then like the two game night slate, since none of those, games are on the same slate you could treat them as different and you know apply more bankroll so that's like one way of getting more action down another benefit of playing some of these smaller slates is that you could spread out your action and try and capitalize on all of the contests under the three dollar threshold so you know DraftKings and FanDuel set limits on what contests you can play based on your Uh, amount of money entered over your dfs lifetime or your amount of profit so you know that that under three dollar threshold is like where the sharks can't play and where we really recommend playing as much money as you possibly can while you still have the availability to play those contests so if you go in and you play some of the smaller stuff and you just 
hammer all of the contests under $3, you could probably get more money down playing across all the slates rather than just playing the main slate. So again, that's another advantage. You could probably do that while still playing the main slate and then just just try and do it and stay under that 5% threshold. I think that's another option too. But those are some thoughts on why to play some of the turbos, some of the night slates, get more money down at good thresholds where the Sharks can't play, where the uh, Max Steinbergs and Giant Squids do not live. So got this next question here from Joseph. Joseph said, how do I set a rule that I put a player in my lineup with 100% exposure between captain and flex. Okay. So what I would say is that, you know, this is clearly a showdown question. So I'm going to hover over to showdown and we're just going to do it for this slate. Totally fine. So what I would say is I would set a group rule and then I would say use exactly one. And then what I would do is if it's like Lamar Jackson, I want to use Lamar Jackson in the captain or the flex. And I would check him in for both of these position uh, eligibility spots. So check his check Lamar Jackson captain, check Lamar Jackson flex, and say use exactly one. So that way you know every single lineup, sorry about that, will have Lamar Jackson in either the captain or the flex. The builder can decide which slot to put him into. So that's that's the rule I would set to accomplish that goal. All right. That boy Steven said, do you look at player fantasy point per minute? or player usage. So, you know, to answer to the, my answer to this is that both of these metrics are taken into account in the Sims. So the, the, the Sims account for fan, uh, for, for minutes, for fantasy points per minute for player usage. So, you know, if, if you're interested in looking at these metrics, what you can do is, you know, we have minutes in the app, here, these are our average projected minutes played. And then we also have projections. So, you know, you can just do a little calculation and, and see what, what those are. I personally do not do the math and care to look at that. I mostly care to look at player upside. So I like to look at percentiles from a position-by-position position basis and see kind of who's popping to me based on like an eye test of salary ownership and upside. It's something like I kind of like to use. I like to look at value, you know, who are like the big value plays on the slate. I'll do some research as to why, you know, are players out, you know, why, why is ownership condensing at 61% for, for Jalen Williams. So kind of try and like understand some of the slate context. And I think that that helps me make better decisions on a slate by slate basis. Okay, uh, next question here from Shareable Cortex says, I think you guys have a great system, but I wish you guys had show kind of like the rest of the other DFS companies, like a few folks just talking about who they like, etc. You'd blow up. I'm just a simpleton. Just saying it'd be more appealing to the other miscreants. LOL. So, so you know, I know what you're talking about. You know, you're talking about like like core plays, you know, guys, guys we like. Um, we really are not like a tout show. This show is really supposed to be kind of educational, show people how to go and do research themselves to formulate their own opinions. Uh, not, it's a uh, more of a company decision to, to not do like the uh, pre-lock shows and the tout shows. We really like 
the direction we're going in with trying to just teach people how to make these decisions for themselves rather than just just tell them who to play you know we don't we don't want people you know just just tell me who the best plays are it's like you know here's how you can uh find the best plays yourself i think it's you know uh what's what's the saying uh it's like uh it's a it's a fishing saying and it's like you know fish catch us catch a fish for your son feed him for a day teach your son to fish feed him for the rest of his life we really want to like help our users uh learn how to how to fish for themselves in the dfs streets so that's what we really try and focus our content around so those are those are my thoughts there you know not saying you're wrong but uh you know that's just kind of the direction we've we've gone in as a company darren said Nice. I was messing with main slate from past weekend and just found the rules tab. I was using advanced stack to stack no matter what a QB with skill positions, but it was giving me a lot of naked QBs with a secondary stack, two wide receivers from the same team with run back. How do I make it to that? A QB must have at least one skill position player. Okay. So if you want to force in stacks, a couple ways to do that. I would say the first thing, you know, you should check out is that if we go over to the NFL main slate here and we go over to the stack types. So, so first thing I would do is I would come into the stack types. If you know, you don't want any stacks where with a naked QB, just come in and uncheck all these QB plus zeros. So then if you come in and check uncheck all these QB plus zeros, that means that the first stack you can get is QB plus one. So that way the QB will always be paired with a skill position player. If you don't want to come in and do this every time, you can set a rule. And I would do a stack rule. I would do a basic, and I would do at least. Um, actually, how would I do this? Okay, I would I would probably do a group rule, and group automatic. And I would say, use at least two from the same team. And this should get you a QB with a pass catcher. So a couple of different ways to do it. I think the stack, stack types is the easiest way to do it because you're less likely to make the wrong rule or a rule that does something that you don't expect it to do as opposed to just coming into the stack types and unchecking the naked QB stacks because then they're just not available for the builder. So I think that's the easiest way to go about it. Okay, question here for Robbie from Robbie. Robbie said, is there any way to know if there have been significant changes to projections since your last build? Also, where's the best place to find NBA news such as actives and inactives? Okay, really good question. So this is something that we've, we've been talking about building into the app. There was a uh, wish list, something that uh, a user said that we thought would be really cool. So I think something that we're going to work on in the future is creating like an initial projection column, maybe around like 5 p.m. Eastern, put in like an initial projection and then that'll lock. And then you can, the Saberson projection will still update throughout the night and you can kind of see, you know, who has fluctuated the most. And then you can use tools, a tool that that I personally personally like to use is basketball monster i think basketball monster is an awesome reference so if you go to um i'm gonna pull it up for everybody so they have this uh 
fantasy basketball news dashboard. It tells you all of the pending news for the games. You can uncheck this box to see who has already been ruled out. And then this is like a running list in um, like based on time. So, so the, the latest news comes to the top and then uh, older news is, is filtered down. They'll also put in these notes. Like if somebody's like a, a important piece of their team, you know, high level news, sometimes they have monster. Sometimes the news isn't as important or is not like new news. Somebody's continuing to be out. So they won't put those notes, but I think this is like an awesome resource for kind of keeping up with what news is still to come throughout throughout an NBA slate. So that's where that's where I would go to check news, and you know if there are certain players that you have your eye on. So we we have this status column, and we do put an injury status here. So you know if you wanted to. You could like scroll and then see who's questionable. We 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 update this regularly, and um, we're usually really quick to get the new information in, run new sims, get new projections out. It's a uh, part of the uh, speed speed push that like we really like to have over here. We like to be the first to update and get all the news in. So that's like a big big thing to us, and we take pride in being really reactive and quick with breaking news. So we're going to move on. Next question here from Patrick. Patrick said, past Sunday, Isaiah Roby was scratched. I late swapped, but I still had some exposure to him. How do I go about it from happening again for the next slate? I had to go into my phone and manually global swap. Okay. So what I will say is that if, if there's a particular player, so like, let's say, that I built lineups and my lineups were already in. If you if you uncheck a player from your player pool, that will not notify SaberSim that the player is now out. So the only time a player is confirmed out by SaberSim is if one, their status says out. So you, you should be able to see that. So like their status is out. They'll have it, oh. So SaberSim will recognize that and treat them as out or if a player's projection is zero. So for instance, uh, if we had lineups with Tony Bradley in and we came back and he was now out in, in this exact state where he does not have an out in his status and his projection is four points, but he is unchecked from the pool, he will that will not register as out to Sabersim. The only time that registers out where you'll get the red lightning that you have players out that must be swapped is if the status is out and if their projection is zero. So I'm not, I don't, I don't know your exact case, but what can happen is that if you set custom projections, it's you'll have to if if the out, if the if the status doesn't go to out, you'll have to come in and and reset their projection, and then they'll go back down to zero. So not really sure exactly what happened to you, Patrick. Those are two things that I would always check, is that, you know, one, is the status out, and is the projection zero? I would say if if you're having trouble with quick swap, if for with late swap for whatever reason, you can always come in and quick swap. And when you do a quick swap, uh, since this slate hasn't started yet, I can't do it, but you know, let's say I went to yesterday 
And if there's like a particular player, well, basically when you use quick swap, you can type in a player's name. So, you know, if, if for whatever reason you're having trouble with Isaiah Roby, you can go into quick swap. It'll say, you know, swap out players or swap a specific player. You hit swap a specific player. You type in Roby, you click him, and then it'll swap him with the best available player uh, based on your quick swap. So not really sure what the issue was there. Um, I did not play basketball on Sunday, so I could have been out of the loop as to any issues that were coming up. But those are important things to note. The status, their projection, whether you have custom projections or not, and the ability to quick swap in the app. So let me know if there is anything, uh, any more questions you have there. Okay, Clint, my man Clint was trying to help me out. Teach a man to fish, you know, feed him. Uh, there you go. Feed a, feed a man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, feed him for the rest of his life. Thank you, Clint, for helping me out. I was struggling. I knew it. Just couldn't get the exact phrasing right. Okay. Question here from Manny. Hi, Andrew. Are the office hours now at 3 p.m. Eastern or was this only for this week? Okay, Manny. Good question. So, you know, we are shuffling some things around behind the scenes. I would say, you know, I'll make an announcement if the time is going to change again. I would say, you know, for the rest of this week, it will be at 3 p.m. Eastern. Just had to make some adjustments. I don't know if any more time changes are coming. If we do, we will make sure to keep everybody in the loop. Prefer to not change it midweek. Prefer to change it on a Monday. So if anything changes, I will update everybody on stream and in Discord. Okay. Darren said, how do you import projections, say, from RunPure? So so we are partnered with RunPure. Uh, you know, RunPure Sports uses our builder to build their lineups. So we have special features. So if you are on a RunPure subscription and have the RunPure SaberSim version, what will happen is that they're the, the RunPure coordinators will upload their projections into the SaberSim app. They have a specific uh, time that they do that. I don't know what their release schedule is just because I don't use them. But if you were to, you know, reach out to the RunPure team in their Discord, I'm sure somebody would be able to tell you, you know, what their release schedule is. But they will go and release projections into the app for you. You should also have a drop down here where you can use like Big T's player pool or uh, Hoops player pool or uh, some of their other um, members that they offer player pools for. So I would I would just reach out to them and kind of get some more information. I don't know what their schedule is. Okay, got a question here from Noah. Noah said, if I'm creating NFL lineups for cash, how would I go about burning one player? So picking a few different $200 players, I tried 10 x 200 players and setting them each at 10 percent, but that didn't work so picking one 200 usd players to save on salary for my other five players okay so this sounds like a showdown question so what i would do is i would set a group rule and what i would do is i would come in here so you know let's go to flex and then let's just sort by salary so what noah's asking is like hey you know i want to use a player who is um, 
under the uh, at the at the two hundred dollars salary range. So so first thing I would do is I would set a filter. So you know include players where my projection is greater than zero point zero one. That way we get rid of the players that. Where did my filter go? Okay, with projection greater than zero point zero one. Uh, four flex save. So I'm not sure where my filter is. So let's try. Let's try this on the upcoming slate. Might have some more luck here. Could just be an issue with a pass slate. So okay, usually I have this. Okay, greater than zero point zero one. Okay, perfect. So if I come to my flex, it should get rid of players that do not have that. So he's basically saying I want to use one of these three players to try and save on salary. So I would create a rule. I would go to group manual. And you could probably do this as an automatic rule too. So I'll show you two different ways. So you come in here, you click in the players that are 200 salary, and then you say use at least one. So that way one player will always be used. Other option is create an automatic rule and then say use at least one. And then we're going to uncheck captain. We're going to say flex where my salary, where salary is less than, and then I would just put 300. And then boom. So then now, if I if I look at this rule, if I save it as a manual rule, what I can come in and do is, well, so so basically this rule will carry over slate to slate, and you don't have to check to see who is underneath that threshold, but it'll always make sure that one player gets into your lineups. So I would either do it manually or automatically. Two options for you there. But that'll make sure that at least one of them always gets in there. As long as they're fairly closely projected, I think that you should get like a decent mix of all of them. But at least it'll get at least one into every single lineup. So if you're building 20 lineups and you have a pool of 1,500, you're going to have plenty of options if you want to then go and adjust your exposure to each of them in the post-build process. So that's how I would do that. So... Um, let's see. That boy, Steven said, what other sites do you look at for research or find edge over the field? Okay. So, you know, I, this is something that, uh, Max Steinberg likes to talk about a lot. Uh, he does a lot of research outside of the app, listens to different podcasts and does research on different free websites. I know that one for basketball, that he likes to use is popcorn machine. I would say that, you know, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty interesting app if you've ever messed around with it. So I'm going to throw it up on screen right now. So basically what you can do is you can come into this app and you can click into game flow for any single game. And it'll tell you, you know, who was on the court, what did they do in their individual uh, spurts on the court? And it, it'll show it, you know, quarter by quarter, and you can kind of see who 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 swaps in for who. So like right here, like Okongwu was the first in when Capella came out. And you can kind of try and draw some conclusions about game flow. Um, pretty, pretty advanced strategy. And I think it takes like a special nuance to to be able to to get like really good value out of that. I know for football, uh, Max really talks about listening to outside podcasts. Uh, ETR, PFF, 
listening to what those guys have to say, trying to kind of trying to figure out where steam is building on certain players throughout the week, trying to find uh, good nuggets of information to apply to his own process, even for showdown stuff, you know, coaches quotes, you know, uh, watching interviews, trying to see who coaches want to play more things that the sim really can't pick up on some of that more obscure uh, value. I think that, you know, if you're, if you're interested in that, you can try and apply that to your process. Not something I particularly do, but I know that there is edge to be had if you are able to, to do those things. So just some, just some thoughts there for you. I, if you know, you have more questions like that, I would definitely ask about whatever sport you're talking about, whether it's NFL, whether it's NBA, you know, throw a message in the discord server for that specific channel and see what people in the community have to say about it. Uh, I'm only one person. I think that, you know, there are a lot of sharp people in the community and they have a lot of uh, great ideas. So, you know, you can find a lot of useful information in there. Okay. Got another question right here from Rich Riley. This is our last question. We just got through all of the questions in this, in a, in a YouTube chat. I see one more question in Discord, so I'm going to get this in here. If you guys have any last questions you want to get answered before we get out of here, get them in now. Okay. Rich said, I would love to see a profit plan contest selection show specifically for FanDuel, especially since their contests can be hard to max out since most are 150 max entry, struggling to figure out the best contests. Okay, so so Rich, you know, one thing I do want to say is that, you know, our profit plan is really not made to be, like, like I don't think the best way to apply it is to only play on one site. I think the best way to apply it is to play on as many sites as you can at the low stakes. I think that's like the best way. Like you shouldn't just play the $3 stuff under FanDuel. If that's only only thing available to you, that's like a different story. You know, if, if uh, you're like um, our uh, our founder, Matt, you know, Matt is uh, up in Oregon, no DraftKings up there, only FanDuel. So, you know, that's like a specific case. I, I understand. But, you know, if, if you do have the ability to play on both FanDuel and DraftKings, I would highly recommend working both of them into your process for the reasons we've talked about, about avoiding the sharks and getting as much money down underneath those thresholds as possible. Um, you know, in the past, we've like done a lobby walkthrough and kind of shown uh, where you can uh, try and get money down in like a hypothetical uh, process. I'm not sure where those videos are. I could try and find one after the stream and we could talk about it a little bit. I can uh, call it out on tomorrow's stream. So I'll make a note to myself to say, you know, try and find an old contest selection video with a hypothetical and uh, kind of show you like how to, how to navigate the contest lobby. What I will say is always play stuff that you can max out first. I think that's the best thing to do. But I know like for NBA, for FanDuel specifically, they have the the five cent 150 max, they have the 25 cent 20 max, they have some single entries like a one, a two, a five, they have a three dollar, they have a ten dollar. So I would say, you know, always best to max out the contest you're playing. And then as you 
start to use more of your bankroll, then you can make some decisions on where to only play a portion of certain contests, depending on how much money you have left. So I'll follow up and see if I can find one of those videos tomorrow. But that being said, everybody, that was our last question. Had a really good stream today. Glad to see the streams. Uh, getting a lot of interaction, a lot of people asking questions live. That's what we're really here for. So we'll be right back here tomorrow. If you're not a member of SaberSim, there's a link in the description below to a no-strings-attached seven-day free trial. Jump in on the action. Get access to the Discord server and start asking questions among members of the community. So good luck in your contest tonight, and we will be right back here tomorrow. See ya.